Welcome back to a brand new episode of Shoot Please. I'm your host Alan and I'm your co-host Rohit. And today we have a slightly Dickensian episode planned for you guys. Uh we're calling it Great Expectations. Uh, what we mean by the name is basically movies which had potential to be really good either conceptually or with the names attached with it or uh just the hype around it had had the potential to be great movies but uh ended up really disappointing and not living up to their expectations and therefore the episode's name i feel like this episode could have also been called great tale great trailers and bad movies a lot of the hype and the expectations with some of these films were built around some exceptional trailers and ultimately when we ended up walking into the movie theater i would say those six films we're discussing today Uh, gave us let us down extremely badly <laughs> i would say <laughs> to 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 an extent that some of these movies given the premise that they were handling there was so much more that they could have done with the script there was so much more they could have so many places they could have gone um with with that with the screenplay but it just somehow did not end up working out and they chose the least entertaining effective way to uh, tell their stories so that is what we're discussing on this week's episode let's start the show i am big it's the picture that got small Okay, we are back. I apologize if I if I sound a little groggy. I've had a bit of a late night, so my voice is like hitting frequencies that I didn't think were, were possible. Interesting topic today, like we've mentioned in the intro. I think I was just basically scrolling through Netflix, and all of the movies that I had watched recently were like, "Look great, was shit. Look great, was shit." And I was like, "Okay, there is there is something here. There's a pattern, so, yeah." Yeah, and Rohit sends me like this this topic idea at five thirty in the morning, as I'm just about to go to sleep because it's in that kind of a night, and I'm like, "Ooh, yes!" And then I pass out and wake up <laughs> <laughs> quickly, scurry to get my room in presentable order. And like, this is presentable order. It was absolutely for those. I mean, what do you mean for those? No one's going to see this, so I'm not really. Yeah, it's a podcast, Abhi. <laughs> I know. I thought we'd go the video route, but anyway, but but for that we'll need signage. Okay, I'm just blabbering. It's been uh, it's been a bit of a chaotic morning. Let's just leave it at that. But um, as always, I think we should kickstart the episode with our set of honorary honorary mention honorable mentions. If you have any, do you have any honorable mentions that you would like to talk about that haven't made the cut? Hmm, I have one honorable mention. Um... I have mentioned this movie in earlier episodes. I think adaptation of Christopher Paolini's Aragon. Oh, of course, huh? Uh, great source material. I really like the way Paolini has written the Inheritance Cycle, and great first book. Very engaging, nice world building. A lot of it is LOTR inspired, obviously, blatant mm-hmm. ripoff, but nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And the movie is just a uh, hot mess. Uh, characters have no charm. The the main guy is so wooden. uh the only bright spot i would say two bright spots in the movie were jeremy irons as brom and uh, robert carlyle as 
I have forgotten, but the main Durza, the main, Shade Durza. Yeah, Shade Durza. There we go. I was trying to figure out who was what. And yeah, what? It was only two. And they have a, a, like a, a comic-like depiction of, of Murtaugh, right? Murtaugh is the guy, though. Yeah, his cousin. Um, cousin. I think oh, the, the treatment he gets in the movies is just a complete yeah, ass. Yeah, really terrible movie. I mean, I think the, even the books I kind of gave up with after a point. I, Brisinga was the, la- was the last one I read. And I, I don't, I'm not quite, how does this inheritance conclude well? I, I own the book, I just haven't read it. It, it does, but it's a very uh, fan service ending. Oh. Like everything ends up really nice. Mm. He, and he gets the girl, Arya. Arya, so it's cool. Okay, mm. cool. Everything is tied up way too neatly. He is, he's, the thing with Paul Rini, he started writing it when he was 15 years old. And for that, he has my respect. Um, mm. But um, like, I don't, know, I don't know, I think somewhere along the line, he also kind of lost <laughs> lost the plot with what, where he, he wanted to take early. Peaked too early, yeah. <laughs> I remember being very intimidated by him as a 15-year-old reading Aragon going, what the hell? <laughs> what have I done with my life? Exactly. I'm sitting here and just, you know, writing board exams. And this man has written a book <laughs> that is being published and being made into movies. <laughs> Movies, right? Yeah. It's insane. Um, so that's your honorable mention. I yeah. have maybe two or three. So I'd say anyone, the, 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 the between the 03 to 06 Shyamalan um, days, I think in those we, we kind of hit upon, I'd say Lady in the Water, The Village, and um, Signs. Signs, I think, was for me the biggest disappointment because of how that movie ends. And with this one, it's got a very weird ending. Yeah, just like there are aliens, and then there is Joaquin Phoenix and a baseball bat, I, which just for me, watching the film as a 13, 14 year old, even then I was like, huh? Okay, and this is <laughs> for what was promised, this was kind of terrible. The Village was another movie with great promotional stills, great trailers. Yeah, that was a, it hurts that the movie was not good. Yeah, like the village had just, it was atmospheric. It was, you know, and then the big twist in the end is a bit of a letdown. I feel like we've, we addressed this in a previous Shyamalan discussion about how he became, like he, he was almost forced into trying to outdo himself. And yeah. it, and in the village is a perfect example of when it, it does not work. The other thing I will talk about uh, is, I don't, I'd rather just want to mention quickly, is The Flight Attendant, which is a HBO TV series. Uh, a great premise and a wonderful first six episodes. It's just towards the latter half, given how they set that show up and how they eventually resolve um, um, the, uh, the situation in it was a bit of a letdown because that first episode of The Flight Attendant, if you haven't seen it already, is proper like gets uh, gets its hooks into you from the start and like doesn't let go kind of entertainment. A girl, a flight attendant, is um, um, takes up a, a date with one of um, the people on her flight on her plane, and then wakes up to him wakes up next to him the next day, and he's been slashed in the throat, and she has no recollection of where or how she got to his room. Mm-hmm. And then it's but her following a trail of breadcrumbs to the eventual truth. And it's told uh, in a very entertaining way. I, I still maintain Kelly Cooker, who's the lead of the show, 
is is exceptional um, she it has been greenlit for a, for a second season which is currently on hbo or hbo max a hot start if you're in india um and yeah so there's it's it's one of those shows that i was really on board with right up till the end where i was very very disappointed with uh, with the final product the other is um i don't want to talk about it given that we've already spent two episodes talking about his films uh zack snyder's dawn of justice uh, i don't think i have ever been let down more by a superhero entity actually no i that's a lie given what i'm about to talk about in my as my first movie but um in terms of hype i don't think there has ever been as much of a let down with a theatrical release as there was with zack snyder's justice league Not the Justice League, sorry, the Dawn of uh, Dawn of Justice. I almost called it Dawn of the Seven because I've been watching the boys. <laughs> And good plug, good plug. Uh, um, but it is single-handedly one of the most disappointing experiences I've had in a movie theater. I there are threads in that film which could be tied to extremely entertaining and interesting plot lines, but instead they're all. get mixed up together and what you get that in that is end. a movie that uh, they really fucked up the trailer for because yes. in the trailer oh, right. they show yeah. uh, they show what's his name the, the uh, doomsday they show doomsday slide in in the trailer I was like bro mm-hmm. yeah. done done yeah like i think the moment doomsday pops up in the trailer you um you understand where this movie is going and it kind yeah. of and it just yeah. revealed you showed your hand now like what is the point even and if you when i mentioned this even in the previous episode that episode right where in the snider car snider concord episode where if you reveal the one man that one person that is famous for killing superman in in your movie trailer anyone who's ever heard of superman will probably know where that film is going mm-hmm. and it's it was i liked how it, his death was handled but that but th- there was no payoff Um, it was a superman movie that wasn't really a superman movie ben affleck was outshining mm-hmm. him in nearly every scene that he was in and I, if you want to know my thoughts my in-depth thoughts on what i think about uh, dawn of justice you can check out the zack snyder khan cut episode um, <laughs> episodes 1 and 2 that's a good plug <laughs> but good plug. yeah uh, i think that's that's enough of my honorable mentions shall we get to uh, the meat and potatoes of today's episode Okay so let me start the first movie i want to talk about is uh, 2008's hancock mm-hmm. starring will smith charlie stern and uh, does it really matter i think beyond jason this, jason bateman i think is also in this isn't he oh yes sorry jason bateman is the other important character mm-hmm. uh, again amazing prim- premise very fresh uh, it's mm-hmm. basically about a guy who is a superhero uh he has parts but he doesn't have a memory of who he is very very comes from and how he ended up to be the way he is and he's just this alcoholic disgruntled cynical uh superhero but he's like an unpleasant guy to be around mm-hmm. and finally he ends up bumping into Jason Bateman who it's basically a pigmalion situation almost where <laughs> the <very, laughs> very uh educates uh, will smith hancock tells him how to be a good superhero work with the law enforcement agencies mm-hmm. and the whole time his wife played by shali seren 
like she just seems to catch Will Smith's eye. He, he starts getting these flashbacks, and until then, the movie is really good. It holds your attention. You're like, wow, this is a completely new approach to a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Smith is playing the hell out of Hancock, and just like, okay, I'm interested to see where this movie goes. Whole love triangle almost starts developing between Charlie Stern and Will Smith. You're just like, okay. is this movie going to disappoint me and then thoroughly mm. proceeds to do that for the next <laughs> for the second half of the movie and by the end it's just like ugh wasted my time so i mean i i assume we can spoil hancock cuz hancock has been around for a while <laughs> yeah to say the least so it's it turns out that um will smith and charlie starren were married in a previous life do they like 2000 year years old or something yeah exactly and uh, they they've had a breakup and he doesn't remember her or she doesn't remember him one of he he doesn't remember her he's mm-hmm. lost his memory in that accident or whatever yeah so and it's like whenever they're the the really the dagger in in your uh, in the wound is mm-hmm. when they make up this random logic which is that if they're close to each other their paths don't work and they're vulnerable and they grow mm-hmm. And what is the point? Even such a stupid, useless part. <laughs> I like oh, what the power of love is what will ultimately bring you down. <laughs> and then even like the resolution of it is so random. Okay, they they meet, and then they're vulnerable, and somebody attacks them. They're in a hospital. Like what is even happening in the last half an hour of the movie? It's it's disappointing. It's disorienting. It's just waste of time. Yeah, I feel I, I with with Hancock particularly, I, and this was around the era where Will Smith was floundering. Uh, he yeah. wasn't he he was still Will Smith, and you know this is several like almost twelve years before, rather twelve, fourteen years before his um, his famous Oscar situation, and but he at this point he'd come off a great um, set of films in the early nineties, uh, and. I'd say somewhere around around this time, where where he was really trying to figure out who he was, and he picked um, Hancock. And I I think this is a, a year, maybe a year or two after Pursuit of Happiness. I think a year. So, Pursuit of mm-hmm. Happiness is two thousand seven. This is two thousand eight. Yeah. So yeah. So Pursuit of Happiness kind of uh, rocketed him back into the into the limelight, and I, I feel. Mm-hmm. he was now balancing that walking that fine that tightrope between um, being an actor and also be, being a movie star because that's that's in a sense what what Will Smith is and this he was as good as he is in, in the film like he's the same old charming dude that he usually is it it felt boring for a superhero film like i watched hancock and i was thoroughly bored by what was happening you think about what, like he said and where you could take that premise and where you could run with it and it's just as much as i i love charlie stern as, as well it, it just turned out to be an extremely flat stinker of a film <laughs> wouldn't even call it bad it's just underwhelming yeah exactly it's just unremarkable exactly like okay fine interesting premise terrible idea as per Anything else you want to add on Hancock? Because I honestly have nothing to say about it. <laughs> Just another point here for uh, in case and a timeless Charlie Stern is a very specific itch of yours that that Hancock scratches. There's another <laughs> movie where she plays uh, a millennia old assassin called The Old mm-hmm. Guard. I think it came out last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. That is a nice movie. It's mm-hmm. 
simple story the scale of it is not very large but uh, mm. nice concept explored quite well it's on netflix so yeah i've yeah. this is the yeah I, i mean i looked at it and it gave me very eon flux vibes uh-huh <laughs> i don't eon flux was a big um, i don't know it's it's a terrible film but i have like a soft spot for it in uh, in my heart So I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, oh, I need to watch this. I haven't seen it, but I, it's, it's on my Quite list. Nice. Should check it out. But yeah, that was, the, that was the first disappointment, Hancock. Hmm. Um, let's, do, <laughs> let's do my first one. So my first one is, I'd say probably, like the letdown aspect comes from the, the movie It Follows. Um, and I'm not talking about the, the movie It Follows. like the movie <laughs> the the movie that i'm talking about is the first one was is x-men days of future past which i think is is a great extremely entertaining um time travel film that deals with you know that, that deals with so much and tells yet uh, and tells such a cohesive story that's the thing with with the x-men reboots was when first class and days of future past dropped they both really good films they're super entertaining and mm. um have great performances and a great narrative that was all true until x-men apocalypse rolled into theaters and i remember watching x-men apocalypse and just being like okay i have waited for this moment since i was a child watching saturday morning cartoons on fox because the apocalypse storyline in x-men is one of is the biggest storyline that they uh, uh rather the most dangerous story arc that they encounter he's like the big bad yeah exactly he is the big bad he is the ultimate mutant he's the he's a god right that's that's kind of his thing mm. and there is literally no he has little to no weaknesses and this big huge daunting figure um that that looks like dark side when blue and um, suddenly you watch you you hear that Oscar Isaac has been cast uh as as apocalypse for the film a man who is uh, for as great an actor he is 5 foot 9 uh and <laughs> doesn't really have the sheer physical presence to be dominating on screen i think that was the first misstep but generally with hollywood you tend to give them the benefit of the doubt because cast and directors know what they're doing um and apocalypse for all like it's <laughs> for everything it promised it, it it delivers an absolute damn squib there is nothing original about the film it's boring as hell much like uh, what we were talking about with hancock they rehash um a great sequence from uh, x-men days of future past but try and go bigger which is um the quicksilver sequence um, oh right uh, quicksilver um running in slow mo and then also in, in the first one help protecting magneto and not was it no it was yeah it was magneto and professor x but in, and in this one it's he's um he's basically extracting the kids from the uh, uh, from professor x's school as it's blowing up and I was watching it I was laughing for the first minute and then I was I was like okay you are just running this joke into the ground I don't <laughs> it, it was fun funny the first time because none of us had seen it the first time you play it the second time I know where this is going the movie ends on a dark phoenix cliffhanger and 
what if history is anything to go by the moment an X-Men franchise film picks up the Dark Phoenix storyline with only giving it one movie as it's um giving giving the entire half one movie movie to tell its story you know things are doomed so not only is this movie boring it is it is setting up a final film in the trilogy or in this, in this series of films that is sure to fail fast forward a few years later x-men dark phoenix drops and is the worst reviewed x-men movie of all time i just realized i have watched like, i don't think i watched anything after days of future past i'm like hmm. so out of x-men all yeah, of this I, is like greek to me i didn't even yeah. watch apocalypse like when i saw the promotional hmm. material i was like that's oscar isaac looking like that <laughs> <laughs> pass like, i am not watching this movie this looks weird as fuck so oh man i just for me with me right like, like you like being hurt you like what throwing yourself in scenarios where you want to go um be disappointed by these these ten pole films and i just remember walking uh, out of the movie theater and just going uh like this movie could I mean you see fast forward to a, a year later even and you realize what you see what the avengers did with thanos in infinity war where they split it into two films and he was very much the uh um, protagonist of, of of both the films i'd say infinity war is a out and out thanos movie yeah and before that you get how not to do a thanos movie with x-men apocalypse because <laughs> just disappointing um and given that it was directed by the guy who had helm days of future past and also done the first two films i will not name drop him because he is an asshole um mm. but at the time i didn't know and i don't and i think it was around this time where allegations were breaking you expected the movie to be better than what we eventually ended up getting and yeah that's and if there ever was a sorry state of affairs like for for the x-men films it's it's what happened with the final two chapters and i'm not so sure if i'm glad that it's back with that it's with disney now it's with marvel again the 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 and the ip and as much as i i i'd like to shit on this there was also what made it worse was that this was a year after logan yeah which was is probably the best X-Men movie. Yeah, undoubtedly. I think that too it's a James Mangold um helmed um, Logan film. And James Mangold has slowly climbed up my list of directors that I really admire. Uh I made a a friend watch Identity two nights ago and he was blown away by it. And we've just been what and today I think he's sitting down to watch Ford versus Ferrari for the first time. Ah, so, uh, nice. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in a, a fun experience so to speak but anyway um it's back to apocalypse extremely disappointing not much to home to write about oscar as a terribly miscast um a 80s aesthetic that they do nothing with <laughs> uh and yeah less said about it the better yeah, again i i have nothing to add i barely even remember <laughs> days of future past so i just remember peter dinklage being in it and it being a nice movie but mm-hmm. i'll take your word for it <laughs> my next movie that i want to talk about is um, again i think all of the three movies i have picked my criteria subconsciously has been great premise executed mm-hmm. terribly mm-hmm. so 
similar 2000 movie uh, star called in time mm-hmm. stars justin timberlake and amanda seyfried mhm amanda seyfried no? yeah i thought it was olivia wilde for the longest time but it's actually amanda seyfried yeah mm. is olivia wilde in the movie no? i think she yeah, is, she, is. She, she plays she is. his mom yes yeah, i like i knew she's in the i know she's in the movie yes mm. and i think uh, for in time firstly the mr uh, amazing pun opportunity i have justin timberlake in yeah, the movie just right. named it justin time mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know why they didn't do that mm. i think it's a bigger sin than the the movie itself okay itself but anyways uh, um that was one okay but i think the way the movie this movie came into existence i can just see myself in the pitch meeting right somebody is just like uh, so guys you guys must have heard of the phrase time is money and the execs mm. are like no more like yeah. don't tell me i don't need to know anymore green light mm. this yeah. but hear me out like the concept yeah. time is money i don't care yeah. <laughs> take the money and make the movie yeah. it is it's such a great concept they actually like um make a currency out of time they monetize time oh. and in oh. this universe so the whole idea is the movie is that you stop aging at the age of 25 and then after mm. that you basically use your the time you have as currency you pay for stuff with time in days and years or whatever mm-hmm. and again there's a class divide there there's the guys who live instead of paycheck to paycheck it's like day to day literally day to day and uh, there are people who have centuries uh, in their account who are basically uh-huh. the bezos and the masks of that society Uh-huh. and again great premise right think mm-hmm. about this so much you can do with the idea of time as money literally mm-hmm. but then it turns into some stupid love story fugitive movie with justin <laughs> timberlake the, the more i watch of justin timberlake i'm like okay cool the social network was an outlier yeah it's not the norm yeah i feel like that's where that, that was the big the greatest trick justin timberlake pulled <laughs> where <laughs> watch that he could act yeah we watched the social network and i was like oh okay justin timberlake is good in this movie he is um he's got like acting chops like you really dislike his character in, in uh, as sean parker and he brings this yeah. weird seedy um kind of feel to him with in time i didn't even bother i saw the the trailer for it i was very intrigued by it then i saw the reviews for it it was like it was a, a sitting at somewhere in the mid 30s to like early 40s on rotten tomatoes and i said cool i can do without uh <laughs> i tried my best i feel that was a point where i was really get really getting into um time travel films because mm. it was there was the norm and then I think in time what... we had watched primer also around that time because we'd heard of it and we didn't understand mm. a lick of primer I yeah. remember yeah I've I've watched Looper uh, immediately after and I really Looper was it. a year after that correct yeah. Looper was a nice movie Looper was it was a fun fun romp um but I with in time it's a movie I haven't bothered checking out I don't even though the premise sounds very interesting and maybe if it it all i watch it it's probably because hey, can you imagine the the universe of say a dread with yeah. the color of a dread uh-huh. with this whole rule of time is money like you can do so much to it there's so much potential so much world building could have been done yeah nothing no and but instead we got see i i don't mind love stories in my action films i feel there are great 
if you watch the first deadpool is a is a love story but it's also a a, yeah. a fun film in the case of deadpool the love story drives the story forward so it's still fine right in mm. in this case the world that you can potentially build you're doing a disservice mm. by choosing to tell the story you eventually told mm-hmm. at the end of the movie i was just like fuck i wasted time watching this movie <laughs> who will who will pay me back for this now <laughs> I wish I could trade in the time spent watching this movie for currency. I paid money and time. It was like double payment. Oh, you you actually went to watch it in the movie theater? No, actually, no. I'm just saying it for effect. <laughs> Why would I go watch this movie theater? Oh, you're brave. You're a braver man than I. Now, uh, let's move on to movie. My movie too. Yes. Okay. I feel like I this entire series we've done. We've done about thirty plus episodes so far. I'm mm-hmm. in about half of them. I must have shat on Tenet, and in this episode, I'm also about to continue to shit on Tenet. Oh, Tenet! There are so many things about this movie that piss me off. Um, when I heard when I heard that Christopher Nolan was making a time travel film, I was like, "Oh, he's about to make this the most convoluted piece of shit that yeah. we're ever about okay. to see." Yeah, that was my first thought. Also, when I read the description, uh, Nolan makes time travel. I'm like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> he's going. Like, he's he's going to jump the shark, isn't he? He's going to jump the shark, isn't he? Then the trailer comes out. I'm like, okay, you know what? I kind of I don't know what's going on, but I'm intrigued. And then the pandemic hits, and I was like, I am <laughs> going to be in pain, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> I know it's like you put right now. Walking into a Christopher Nolan film is like, please, don't hurt me so much. Um, And I think for us, in terms of the biggest movie disappointments, or Dark Knight Rises is up there uh, as a sequel to the I mean, Dark Knight. It's, it's not good, but it's not as bad as people say it is. But it's not yeah, good. I, I, exactly. I feel like over the, the the years, I've grown kinder towards it. I wasn't. I remember walking out being very disappointed by it, but that's that stance has softened considerably. But if you want to watch that movie with the sole intention of pointing out mistakes oh man you will be busy it is single handedly <laughs> the most i think i remember counting like 81 mistakes in the movie yeah like oh, okay you're doing this for plot just to move the plot along like every uh, for a movie where batman breaks his back and then climbs out of jail in jaipur one okay i, I just have one question okay <laughs> like when bat the scene where batman finally comes back to gotham Mm-hmm. and how he tells people is on that bridge he has that bad signal mm-hmm. uh, that he lights up in flames mm-hmm. so your city is in a nuclear meltdown situation there's a countdown happening imagine batman came back to gotham he's like fuck all that first i have to, <laughs> I have to put my flares yes. yeah. on cool swag yeah. swag before city just <laughs> to light it he has to say, make sure people see it he's like fuck yeah i'm batman and then he goes and saves the day <laughs> Look, Ras, theatricality, theatricality, powerful tools. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. Coming. Let's get. Let's, let's come. Let's go, go. Go back to shit on Tenet. So, I Tenet. I haven't. We, we haven't been in a movie theater for six months. I think, which is the longest for me at this point, because Tenet is supposed to release smack bang in the the summer of 2020. Summer of 2020, we are smack bang in the middle of a pandemic. So. Like fuck pandemic, dude. I'm Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's Christopher Nolan's thing. He's like, no, uh, this is the movie that welcomes people back into theaters. This is the movie that, uh, you know, 
director that is all about pushing boundaries and making your audience audiences think which i am all for as well but then it was the first film i sat down in and i walked out going i didn't understand it and i didn't care to understand it because the yeah. movie loses you halfway through it i am my sister fell asleep um this was the first movie we were i remember i was in uh, i think this was october November 2020 I was just back in Bangalore for a bit and suddenly um like we find ourselves in a movie theater and there's nobody else there and, you know like yeah movie theater to ourselves all that nonsense what a waste of time i just remember walking out thinking to myself there is there are six timelines in this film no i i saw three but when i opened up reddit as i usually do after a film that is this um um uh, Uh, you know uh, uh, this confusing i want to know yeah, if dude, i like what charts made about the movie and i'm like bro yeah your movie requires people to open up excel and like <laughs> put in formula and all. you have lost the audience yeah it's just it's too much there was when i so there is an airport sequence which i was like oh okay i see where this is going there are parts of the movie i i enjoy where um it has a couple of good visual uh sequences i'd say i'd say Especially them walking one... walking into a crime scene that's already happened and then it playing backwards yeah that and, that scene is nice yeah it was it was very very interesting and the the plane high sequence where you realize who the, the soldier is that the person who pushes him uh in mm. in the norway airport is i was like oh okay fine that's smart but it's the surrounding mess and in the end there's like an army and there are mines there's a mine situation where they go down to a mine to like yeah uh, the last end sequence is just super confusing and like random people are shooting at random people it's like okay and, cool finish and i don't even and i don't even think dimple kapadia knew what she was talking about she's in the movie she is supposed to be some sort of um, you know how in movies they uh, like to keep it spoiler free they don't tell people the story and they shoot their bit separately hmm. but after the movie is put together you tell them the i don't think he ever told anyone what the story is yeah exactly like, so no do this part say these lines and fuck off i'll figure out you, the rest you know robert pattinson was like i have no idea what's happening <laughs> he's and he's in the movie so, so i remember the, there's a line around the start only where uh, somebody tells the protagonist hmm. uh that uh, <laughs> don't think just feel it when mm. or some some line to that effect at that point mm-hmm. only it's like the first 5 minutes of the movie i was like you know what fuck off dude you this have already this is a movie dude this is yeah. someone can't drop the mark se mat sochi what so samjhe dil se samjhe some nonsense yeah. some, think think about me with your heart not with your mind and instantly you're like oh dude please i i like it i like the idea that you can the movie is what you make of it but what it does and what we get in the end could have been completely avoided and this is the i remember dom cruise going to watch 
and they were in a movie theater, walking out, going, saying, "Great, great movie. People should definitely watch it in movie theaters." And you can see it in his eyes. He has no idea what just happened. <laughs> and I couldn't enough, hear anything in theaters. Oh, really? The dubbing was so bad. It was just uh. you could only hear the explosions. You couldn't hear any dialogue in the theater. Oh, so they they had to correct it once more. Is it? So I mean, we saw. Yeah, I even saw in the even in huh? the online edit, like forget the theater. Even like if you download torrents mm. or mm. you know OTT platforms, the audio still sucks as. Oh, it's kind of insane for a for a director on top of his game, or supposedly on top of his game. um stuff like this even with the dark knight rises they had to dub over bane's lines because he was just so incoherent in the in the snapshot that that they, they showed the first 10 minutes during man of steel right like just before man of steel in certain mm-hmm. imax theaters and you couldn't understand what he was saying so this is this is hardly your first rodeo dude with sound this is your what eight films in now to eight nine movies in as a full time director mm-hmm. the stuff like this is bothersome is really really bothersome and we're going to talk about um directorial choices in the in the next one in, in my next movie as well but we'll get to it when when we do the if any positives for tenet is that robert pattinson and uh, john david washington are uh, great like john david washington has has almost like a bond like turn in that movie and this is the the movie that gives robert pattinson the batman uh this is his audition for yeah, matrix is the bat- batman in a way but my least favorite christopher nolan movie till date um i i think that is also it's it's the same for a lot of people people keep calling it a masterpiece i don't think it's a masterpiece maybe if i watch it in 10 years and i understand it on my first viewing no really? like if it, you think tenet is a masterpiece you must be a savant with like <laughs> extremely high iq like you should be solving global problems don't sit and watch movies dude <laughs> like i don't i don't think tenet is a masterpiece i think there are better films that have told more simpler stories more effectively um but case in point any denny villano movie any denny villano movie and but then i don't know there are it's like what is it's subjective right in terms of masterpieces is that like people like saulo is on the criterion collection but would you call it a masterpiece many consider it to be a masterpiece like every time i watch the criterion closet directors walk in and go oh saulo great fucking film i just know why it's a shock shock it's, it's, yeah it's a shock value film you seen saulo haven't you no dude i only saw the trailer i was like bro <laughs> why would i watch two hours of this says you but uh, the, the we haven't got to the shock horror episode yet which when we do i feel we need therapy after we spend more than 2 hours watching prince so that <laughs> is definitely better <laughs> prince is fun okay <laughs> it's show time it's show time <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, i love how we've gone from salo to prince what what a spectrum <laughs> For those of you who are But intrigued yeah. by Salo, don't don't check it out. That's what I'm going to say. Don't. don't. It would be a regretful click. Let that link stay blue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, very very well played. But yeah, uh, enough of Salo, enough of Prince, enough of Tenet. What's your third? So in summation, Tenet bad. Yeah, Tenet bad. <laughs> <laughs> Or we should like watch. I watched that movie. I was like, can I go back in reverse to when I had? 
continue living my life i feel like we should do a like a house hunting like in bangalore like a house hunting movie called tenant where you are always traveling back and forth <laughs> to, to figure out your housing situation you don't know yeah. if you're in the past or if you're in the future tenant coming soon all right moving on enough of tenant jokes moving on to your third so my third movie is uh, a 2014 sci-fi film uh, by luke besson who probably we know most famously for leon the professional or taken in the direct taken yeah he did the first taken film. taken the fifth uh, element yeah and the, he wrote the fifth element he directed i he directed it as well it's luke besson and so this is 2014's lucy starring scarlett johansson and other people that i'm forgetting but again a very very interesting premise wherein mm-hmm. uh, there is a drug which uh, you guys must have heard of this uh, theory out there that mm. the average human utilizes only 1% of their brain's capacity mm-hmm. i don't know where that ridiculous number came from which would be highly inefficient from an evolutionary perspective right mm-hmm. why spend millions of years dicking around if you're going to have a brain that you only use 1% of yeah it doesn't make sense but anyway that's this that's the prevailing theory and in this movie there is a, a drug that you can take which allows you to utilize up to 10% of your brain mm. like okay we mm. we'd see what happens with this obviously as with all drugs uh, people always take too much mm-hmm. uh, and then that's where the movie really kicks off and like okay it can go places but the last half an hour the movie is just some it's, psycho bizarre yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i i think she she ends up she's a mule for transporting this drug that's yeah. kind of what and then that it gets into her system yeah. and as a result it ends up unlocking more than like it basically goes 30 40 50 and the moment it hits 70 she attains this weird she's in a, a flight but that's when the movie goes ap yeah yeah she hit 70% and she becomes a black hole dude i mean exactly yeah. <laughs> is she like pulling matter has she transcended the laws of physics now? physics yeah i feel like like she has found the answer to in uh, uh, the uh, the answer to what happens after life and like what's the plane she's like she's seeing planes between life and death but yeah lucy the black hole Lucy the black uh, hole dude oh I, I, this movie people told me that it's just going to be disappointing but i went and watched it anyway and i like luke besson i think taken is is great fun um, the fifth element also is great fun leon the professional is great fun he, but he also i think did valerian the city oh, yeah. of some, it's a, the one with uh, dandahan and dandahan you hate dandahan don't you Yeah, fucking done. Exactly, huh? So, there's... There's no reason. <laughs> okay. There's nothing Dave doesn't know. Yeah. yeah, and so that too was a raging disappointment. But with Lucy, all I wanted was a smart action thriller, but then it becomes this weird philosophical thing in the end. You just kept it at 10% and she's like, like make an action version of Limitless. But then they had to go and make her a... black hole but i can't get over the fact that she sucks matter and i'm like what is happening dude this is insulting i forget how it ends what happens when it ends like she when she finally like she just disappears yeah like she just finds some enlightenment and she's like cool i'm a bounce seriously okay okay 
oh wow and then this morgan freeman in this movie having no clue what's happening delivering lines of exposition uh so that the audience can keep yeah. up with whatever's happening uh just a very spoiler alert point. they can't <laughs> they can't I, i i you promise people an action film and then you like bait and switch them into this and it's not done well either it's not like okay fine i'm nearly questioning i came in for an action movie but now i'm i've been uh, gut punched and it's good like i like this kind of gut punch no this it's 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 just badly done yeah and at the start of the movie we're like yay karate kick into the movie we're like what is god god yeah he pointless pointless film they could have done so much scarlet johansson's independent like studio her the, the films that she leads very rarely end up being anything exciting now that i think about it even black widow black widow was so bad i don't know why i watched it wasted my time there as well one more um <laughs> Black Widow is just a just a massive disappointment and I, I don't know if she picks the film she picks but I liked Under Her Skin which is a good Scarlett Johansson movie uh, where she plays an alien mm, I've heard of uh, it I haven't watched mm, it very 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 nice film but that's like what came out in 2013 yeah um uh, I liked her in Scoop I liked her in Matchpoint I haven't seen anything else out of uh Lost in Translation of course is the go to yeah, Scarlett that's film that's good yeah mm. but i don't know i don't think the i don't think there's anything here that at least her even ghost in the shell which is oh wow it's just in terms of disappointments that's that's another one casting it's another one yeah this mm-hmm. uh, and ghost in the shell is just uh, the things you could have done with that film and what it ends up doing is just disappointing as well if you're intrigued with the with the concept of uh, what the future looks like and you should check out the animated ghost in the shell it's a little difficult to follow but the the payoff at the end is very very like is is completely it will completely blow your socks off so highly highly recommend so yeah that was lucy the black hole <laughs> what is your third movie my third film is i maybe i want to cheat and make it my third film is three films but I like the first two films in this fan in this franchise. The third is the one where I completely got off. The third I feel lacks any direction was basically being re- rewritten and reshot on the day of production and it shows in the final product. I'm talking about Peter Jackson's The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Now the pro- i as if you listen to the podcast or this is your first time listening to the podcast i'm a big fan you're of- a mild fan of lord of the rings no i'm a mild fan of lord of the rings yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the it is it's my star wars like to a whole generation of star wars uh films like fans the first three were like their their go to um like fantasy films for me growing up as a as a 10 year old um in, in the early 2000s fellowship of the ring is possibly one of my top five favorite films of all time the two towers return of the king are a big big um like favorites of mine and i was excited about the hobbit when i heard guillermo del toro was taking over because all i'd seen of guillermo del toro's films up to that point were pan's labyrinth and hellboy so I watched Pan's Labyrinth the summer of 2009 when it came out 
and i was like wow you you can make fantasy films like this um and i was like it was so to me very original at the time it was it was a movie i fully fully uh, was on board with and i loved his aesthetic i loved hellboy's too aesthetic it was there was something about this director that like, that really excited me and i heard that he was being brought on to like do the hobbit films and the hobbit films were being split into two now it makes zero sense to split the hobbit films into two but i understand if you want to build out elaborate battle sequences you it would make sense but then gimon the lotr is like one it's one book but it's a huge book right what lotr yeah no it's like three books it's three books but, see, but they're not like ample material there's all three of them are yeah but significant books like yeah. isn't the hobbit like a leaflet it's just basically yeah, the hobbit is a 320 page plus book it, that's that's basically it uh, compared to the lotr series yeah, it's eggs, very small yeah. work to adapt and make into a trilogy so anyways you you already committed to padding padding your movies I, yeah i know i remember reading the hobbit for the first time in what in the mid 2000s and i finished the book in one sitting on a very rainy afternoon uh, it was one of those afternoons in april it was pouring was sitting outside i just picked up the book started reading and in about 4 4 and a half hours i was done and i was i was like okay i guess that's that it's right. it's a great read and uh, it's, it's it's very very entertaining did it have to be three movies no not by any stretch of the imagination and it shows the sequence of i think it's the first movie when the dwarves first come to bilbo baggins's house mm. there's a whole song and dance where they're washing his dishes and they're like mm. one dude is spinning the dishes in his finger i'm like what is happening dude fucking move on with the story yeah and I, that's doing? so that's the thing so i don't mind unexpected journey because i feel it was a for me a return to that universe and for a major part of that story it's like of, of that film it it moves it it's not i know the first one hour is just bilbo yelling at dwarves asking them to like watch out for his dishes and the dwarves are setting up the, the ark and stone and gandalf doing gandalf things and it's an entertaining experience they pull from the appendices they pull from, they try and bring in characters from, from everywhere possible and i watched that film going okay i am excited for what's to come with the desolation of smog because at the time benedict cumberbatch had been cast as smog and he was very good in desolation of smog But Dude, that mo- point, even if Benedict Cumberbatch was in a snuff film, people would have gone to see that snuff film. Wow! <laughs> he was <laughs> white hot at that time. Yeah, he really was, and but he really pulls off smog, and I was yeah, amazing smog. Uh, yeah, great, great smog, and the, that's the thing with Peter Jackson. He is able to combine digital and um and practical very well. and even and desolation of smog for the first one one and a half hours is, is an absolute drag until you end up getting to smog and the same could be said of i mean once you don't say the same could be said of unexpected journey but when the riddles in the dark sequence is realized in in the first film which is where bilbo meets gollum for the first time mm. it is wonderfully told it is exactly how you would have imagined it in the books it's it has that 
sense of foreboding it has that uh, a bit of child uh, of childishness attached to it it's those are there are moments where you can see peter jackson's craft truly shine and the first film i had fun with the second i thought smog was a terrific addition the third is where the house of cards completely collapses and it collapses to a degree where it just becomes a mess there is there a love story shoehorned legolas gets put back into this for no rhyme or reason um toriel and i think philly have this weird like love triangle love situation going um azog the defiler who should have been dead two movies ago is still banding around gandalf is fighting off shades of of sauron and and then saruman is also in this because saruman is just uh around to like do his shit and good guy at this point though saruman he is and this is supposedly where the corruption begins when he ends up he, uh he goes to dol guldur and the shade the, the mysterious shade that's been in mirkwood ends up corrupting him or some nonsense like that but anyway bro um, it's like out of three every three sentences you're saying i know one word yeah <laughs> saruman <laughs> saruman gandalf legolas the rest was all gibberish to me exactly no and i dude watching the film i remember going to watch this at 9 o'clock in the morning in an imax screening because it was packed everywhere and i remember walking out of this movie going oh my god that was a shit show and then you looked at behind the scenes and peter jackson said he's never been more stressed about a project than he was with battle of the five armies uh ian mckellen was crying because he had to keep shooting with uh, with green with balls tennis balls with yeah tennis balls because he hated what I think the, peter jackson yeah. can be accused of going overboard with vfx in this trilogy like he was yeah. known for doing great practical effects in the original yeah. trilogy mm. so but this don't yeah. fix what's not broken like the the whole force perspective thing that he did with um the first film yeah it's they, a stroke of genius genius yeah and but, but with this it was just it's like, tech, yeah just tech is caught up and i think by the end of it he was done with it everybody was just exhausted with it uh and you it, you can it shows the battle of the five armies is a colossal disappointment a horrible decision made by studio execs to stretch a film into a, a yeah. three page book into three films purely for monetary gain and what you get it's like uh less than a page per minute of screen time <laughs> which is completely completely unnecessary this could have been two films at the most if you wanted to have uh, like make some money off of it but three movies was the sin and it uh man that the as of like three short movies he could have made like three takens yeah so all three are like lotr length I'm like bro you don't even have a story Why yeah make, like it's like living life on hard mode i'll make three long movies why the battle of five armies there are there are thorns it's you can tell it's shot on a green screen there's it looks undone it looks unfinished um the whole thorin arc is plays off like a joke even though it's supposed to you know be a big a big part in the books and yeah just thoroughly thoroughly disappointed at the end of it not not the yeah. most fun experience i i feel um 
as as like I've, as we have been talking about this for a while we've mentioned that the hobbit is is suffering from the prequel treatment which for the star which by which i mean the star wars films and i know that mm-hmm. in terms of disappointing <laughs> entries the the first three star wars films are right up there and i would have put attack of the clones on there but i don't have that deep connection to star wars the way i did Same. with let's say with the hobbit with with the lotr franchise so that's why i've i would have gone with the prequels earlier if i if i did but i i i enjoy the phantom menace i think attack of the clones is a piece of shit and revenge of the sith is a, is, a, is is a is a fun fun film i enjoy revenge of the sith for it's it's sometimes corniness it's it's dark dark vader origin story um but attack of the clones king oh my god talk about a completely pointless film i think i have a, i've watched a sum total of two or three star wars movies out of everything that's come in the last 40 odd years so yeah it's okay i'm going to take your word for it mm-hmm. yeah no, it's fine i mean if you want you watch the first the, the the movies that came out in the 70s watch rogue one and that's about and the last thing was only two i watched new hope and i watched rogue one that's it okay good i feel like you've you've got the experience yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, uh, I mean, the Hobbit has suffered from the prequelization of 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 a franchise. Far, I'd say, like the the last one is my least favorite film in the in in the entire franchise. I think it's it's fairly easy to rank them. You go yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the Hobbit. Like I've been saying throughout this episode, let's talk about the better. The parts I remember are the smog parts. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's pretty much all I remember from the trilogy. Yeah, I don't I mean, really retain much else. good i mean not really much else to like while the original 3 like i know i make fun of mm. uh, not liking lotr mm. movies but i remember a lot of parts from each of them they stay with you hobbit does exactly yeah at all exactly oh but yeah i think that is it that brings yeah. us to the end of this episode i uh, would love to know what you your most disappointing films were like movies that were hyped for you personally that you just felt let down by Um, probably somebody in the comments going to be like we were let down by this episode <laughs> <laughs> possibly <laughs> somebody's going to say something along those lines but it's we we are sorry people if if you are let down by this week's episode we'll make sure you are further let down by next week's episode <laughs> so this week's episode looks better in comparison but i'm only kidding we we try and bring you uh, the best content we can but yeah do you have anything else to add before we wrap up this week's episode I mean usually in in our episodes when we talk about movies we're like uh, if you haven't give it a watch mm-hmm. uh, really nice in this case today's movie like if you haven't watched these movies amazing continue mm-hmm. living your awesome life don't watch this yeah don't watch these movies don't if you unless you are a masochistic individual that likes being disappointed yeah okay i guess that's it from us We shall see you on the next one. Everyone, take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Stay safe wherever you are. So they opened their big mouths and out came talk. Talk, talk.